was a Beatle historian that I watch sometimes, and he drinks scotch and Coke. You heard me. It's what it looks like. I recognized it from what it looked like, and I was like, is this guy drinking scotch and Coke? <clears throat> because the Beatles in their 20s, when they started going out to clubs and had money for the first time, and were just all hopped up on pills. And they, they, one of the guys from the Bee Gees told this story. They drank scotch and Coke, and, and it makes sense. It has caffeine in it, it's sugary, and it has alcohol in it that's readily available. Everyone has, <clears throat> I don't know how available the sugary bourbon was to English Paisley fed Carnaby Street swinging Mojo Nixon listening. Uh, that was their drink. And this Beatles guy on, on YouTube that I stumbled across drank it, drinks it. And he's in like his 40s. He looks older than me. I'm in my 40s. It's official. Uh, but. You know, I watched a few. They're not bad. And uh, just beating us over the head with that 50 years thing. How <clears throat> we can't really talk about history no matter how frivolous and... I mean, this is silly stuff. Sports and British pop bands. But it takes 50 years. Because even the people... I mean, Paul McCartney just, even the people that were there are going to get it wrong after a while because they'll remember the thing that was the thing and suddenly they're remembering what they said incorrectly on the anthology, which was 26 years ago, 27 when they filmed that stuff. That lie or that misremember still has like three years of student loans. And that's even with putting the $12 a month extra on top, which frankly, after September, who knows? It's, it's, it's something to think about as I dive into my old age and my trip down the bottom of this hill and uh, how I approach this bull stuff I, I read an oral history at ESPN, thanks to Kevin Kaduck's site, Midway Minute. Do subscribe. Uh, Chicago sports heavy, but, uh, you know, anyone can dip. I don't know who any of these Cubs and Sox and Blackhawks are, but, but it's Bears. Bears? I don't know, but it's fun to follow. <sighs> oral history of the time... My first summertime blog post, I think, of EDL. Uh, time the Knicks tried to sign Jordan in 96, which was a thing. Tried to do it. They had 9.5 cap million in cap space, which doesn't seem like a lot now, but it wasn't a lot then. Patrick Ewan made twice that. <clears throat> and Jordan ended up making three times that. But it was legitimate, and they were out there. And I was trying to remember... When the Chicago Tribune put up a 
Knicks uniform with Jordan's 23 on it was it the year later and Sam Smith had a little bit of a reveal uh, ahead of the uh, Jordan shouts down Jeff Van Gundy game, I think, or maybe a later one. It was in March of 97 either way. Or was it when I thought, because it hasn't been 50 years yet, we're not getting it right. When it was that summer, summer of 96, when the Knicks were after Jordan. Is that when they drew it up? <clears throat> or was it in March of 95-96, the season ahead of the Bulls game, Jeff Van Gundy's first, uh, second game as coach, first against the Bulls, Sunday matinee, in which Sam Smith said maybe the score won't be that close, or something like that, talking about how the Bulls are going to beat him up. <clears throat> But things might get saucy this summer when the uh, Knicks go after Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. And, um, yeah, no, the Knicks got Allen Houston on the 13th of July. Free agency started on the 11th. And, uh, yeah, Jordan didn't, didn't come true. But it definitely was a thing. Most of it driven by that 97 bit from Sam Smith where he said... <clears throat> First of all, he paused the podcast to cough, and he knocked over a table, and then he said, he says to him, he says, he says, yeah, the Knicks were going to get together with ITT uh, slash Sheridan Hotels, which owned the tier, you know, had a bigger stake in the team at the time. Cablevision had yet to, like, really dig in, I guess, or MSG, and uh, that changed. Soon after this failed negotiation for Michael Jordan, completely unrelated, as the story goes out of its way to say. They were going to offer Jordan all they could. Which meant he would not have had much of a team to get to. And he would be making half as much as Patrick Ewing. Because it would have been Charlie Ward and Jordan and Starks and Oakley and Ewing. And then after that, all minimum salaried guys. Because the Knicks would have had to get rid of all their draft picks that year. They had a bunch. And uh, they would have had to, uh, all the spats that went to Chris Childs and Buck Williams and Alan Houston and uh, the little leftover to make the Larry Johnson trade easier. It all would have been, oh, I guess they would have had Mace. Or maybe they would have traded for LJ. I bet Jordan would have wanted Mace. I bet he would have said, yeah, yeah, but I can also tell him to shut the heck up. So I think I'll take that play. I mean, I it did not feel like a coup when the Knicks stole LJ. It'd be like, okay, well, if if he can just come in and split his time between first base and DH and, uh, you know, be on a better team and a better lineup that can, you know, make it so he doesn't have... There was that thought, but there was also, oh, he, he, he does not look the same, and he's six foot seven. So Sam Smith had a thing in 97 about how Sheridan and ITT were going to get together to make up the difference between the Bulls' offer, eventual offer, and the Knicks' offer with a giant stake in Sheridan, some sort of uh, agreement that would uh, allow... Sam doesn't really get into specifics. Uh, spokesman, I believe he said. Uh, endorsement is the best I can tell. And the NBA would have never 
ever. Then or ever. Even with the Knicks, then or ever. We don't have to get into the Knicks and the TV ratings thing. That was silly. That's, that's, I'm not even, just no. <clears throat> but it was never a thing. And, or excuse me, that the, the, you know, the second deal was never a thing. And the Knicks were happy, so happy, as well they should have been. They put together a great team. Uh, to Kelly's air quotes, but he doesn't want to take his hand off his Gibson. Uh, fall back on Houston slash Child slash Buck Williams. <clears throat> but Sam's the guy that reported that story. And everyone in this ESPN story is asked about that story because the Tribune again put it on their website. I know there's excuse me, last year during the uh, the Last Dance stuff, reprinted the one from 97. And they interviewed Sam with this, and they interviewed everyone else about that story, basically, and everyone shoots it down. down. The Knicks say, well, if it was anyone who was Falk, Falk says, no, I never, I mean, that's, you can't really do that. And then everyone all says, yeah, the NBA would never, that wouldn't have ever, that was not going to ever. <clears throat> And uh, this is a year into teams not being able to renegotiate contracts. So they're all having an answer to the Sam Smith story from, oh my God, almost 25 years ago. And <laughs> Sam's quote in like the middle of it is, yeah. I, let's, oh, come on, you professional podcaster, you. Now, I will say ESPN's website is awful busy. They do a lot of great work there, but this may take a, a second on this, uh, you know, this computer's been to a, a few beaches, if you know what I mean. I mean beaches. Okay, so let's, uh, control F, Fiji. So, yeah, so the piece is in the middle of the Falcon, Dave Chekets, Falk, I'm not here to dissolve 2021. Falk, I'm not here to contradict. Dave, Dave and I are really good friends. Uh, you know, they're talking about the uh, ITT Sheridan stuff, and and this the, the fellow that did this piece is obviously leaning on Sam to... To go, yeah, yeah, it was it was a thing with this, and here's the other bit from the 1997 piece that I can throw in now because it's a million years later and everyone's gone. And Sam is, and well, here's instead what he said. He says, <clears throat> he says to him, he says, uh, they knew if the Knicks promised any sort of deal under the table, there were severe penalties. All I'd heard was from some sources with the Bulls and some outside that the Knicks were trying to do something. Maybe Jordan takes a million dollar deal minimum, and then wink, wink. He gets an island in Fiji. Okay, no, you're Sam Smith. See, that's supposed to be the thing that the, uh, like the radio guy or gal they bring in to, to go, I can't remember what it was, but I remember we might get an island in Fiji and like a minimum deal or something like that. Uh, you know, Jimmy Schwartz on sports. No, no, Sam was like the guy behind and he doesn't remember or didn't want to, what can you trust? I don't. I'm gonna 
confusing few years. And I, all I have is this Gibson. That's not, I'm not sure I have a couple other guitars. <clears throat> Having fun at Adam Jacoby's uh, newsletter. It's a lot of fun, and he introduced me to uh, these YouTube things where they take pop songs and put them all in minor keys, which takes some work because you have to auto-tune the vocal. All the reactions to the notes, which, you know, what used to be an F is now an E. Is that how that works? Yeah, I think. What used to be an A is now an A-flat, stuff like that, because everything has to bounce off that in ways that aren't always mathematical. Uh, and they're, they're a trip, uh, just like Adam Jacoby's newsletter so yeah interesting to to, to see sam uh not not come with the goods there and yeah check it's and uh dave falk had to answer answer to the goods uh while we're on the subject of permanence and impermanence can we all agree not to go crazy next year year and a half or just let's try to maybe make it through summer uh with reacting to this year or last year and how stats go and how attitudes shift and how players react just forget it you're gonna i know you only get so long as a personnel chief as someone who's relied upon for for decisions black and white decisions either or up and down how's but ever be cool. This is a weird year. Players are clearly not getting vaccinated. Or maybe some tests are going awry. Who knows? But it's just another... One of the kids is sleeping on the couch back there. It's just another block. In the, in the Qbert slippery style year that that is this season, I don't want anyone to go nuts. And no, this isn't a long-winded backup way to celebrate how great Lori Markinen is going to be in eight years. Just so great. Don't excuse stuff. How is Kevin Love not? How did the Cavs not even find him? Maybe they did find him. They certainly didn't suspend him. He played as if they did. Sorry. Uh, he didn't take any shots in 22 minutes on Friday. It's the Wizards, a team that, well, I mean, they're getting better, but, you know, they don't mind if you take shots. Then he hit five threes a couple nights later against Miami. He was five, but it was like five or seven. <sighs> but then he goes on a podcast and answers an honest question. And that's fine, but you're going to now get an honest reaction from everyone. You're, you're allowed to say whatever you want, and now everyone's allowed to say whatever they want back to you. And he told Chris Haynes, instead of going... Hit pause, go cough, go take an antihistamine, drink some tea, 
Instead of saying any of that to the podcast producer and or host, he said, sure, who wouldn't want to play with Damian Lillard? And back home, that would be a dream. Now, that's a paraphrase. But the first line about Dame was true, and the second part's... Well, the, the whole point is, is he was answering the question in the first place, which even in... Who knew? Cavs out of nowhere. Suddenly, Darius Garland gets a free throw once every... I shouldn't rip on him. He's done a very good job getting better this year. <clears throat> you know, but, you know, Cavs out of nowhere, fighting for that sixth seed. Everything's going great for love. Why wasn't he on the All-Star team? Then he answers a question honestly about Dame Willard. And it's like, okay, you can let it pass, but... Wow. You got to run that through HR first. But holy cow, where he gets a way away. portion uh, i spend i don't know two to three hours a day at tankathon.com just alternately trying to bowl the bowl the, the the bit where i can knock the bowls the magic pin out of the top four and also knock the bowls one in there too that's i talked about the last podcast it's the double sorry florida calves are out of reach but said Toronto, who's from Tampa this year, had to play in Los Angeles with a week left in the regular season in the middle of a pandemic. And Toronto, who's from Tampa this year, was like, yeah, we'll beat the Lakers. So, cool. Go Bulls. Get a guy named Jalen. took the bit about playing cool like taking it easy with transactions this summer because it's gonna they're all wacky summers they're all wacky even if they don't have a, a ton of transactions they're all wacky in their own way not in terms of badness it's just desperate it's desperate it's a tough job there's 30 of them but yeah just all of us let's try to be cool try to make it to the end of this uh Reg sees and uh, you know, try to work on those second and third syllables. So, you know, it's not two, 2006 anymore. We don't have to abbreviate everything. No.
hear the voice? Okay. <clears throat> and remember, the Lakers only have two three-pointers remaining. No, that doesn't sound like Mike Green. I try to do the voice. In my head, it's better. Thank you for reading. It's really cool to have all-season basketball. Uh, but we need to make amends for the fact that the season can't go on like this. Can't it? Can't you? Can't ask them to guard twenty-five feet at a time. And can't go. Can't go on. Can't go on. Play on must live forever. Take care.